I'm Tamina, and I'm extending a heartfelt invitation to you as we join forces in reclaiming economic power for women in a world that is often structured against us. We'll dive into the minds of accomplished female leaders, investors, and entrepreneurs to equip you with the confidence and knowledge to build wealth for yourself and other women. So buckle up, get ready to learn, and be inspired to take action. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I'm recording this on 4th of July during my birthday week. I cannot believe that I'm turning 29 in two days. My 20s have been the best decade so far. So much adventure, so much growth after having lived and worked in three different countries. Looking back, I can't even imagine what my life would have looked like if I hadn't taken those many leaps of faith and forced myself to leave my comfort zone over and over and over again. So here we are today, and since I'm feeling a little sentimental this week, entering the last year of my 20s, I wanted to take a step back and really reflect on why this whole topic of women investing in women and women building wealth for themselves and other women is so, so important. Not just for me, because I'm so passionate about this topic, but honestly for everyone. But let's start from the top and talk about financial independence for a second. You know, from a micro-level perspective, if one woman is financially independent, she simply has more options. For example, she can leave an abusive relationship, leave an unfulfilling job, access better health care and more nutritious food. She can delay both wanted and unwanted pregnancy, and she can reduce the physical and emotional burden of the second shift that women are unfortunately still disproportionately affected by. So much for the micro-level scope. Now, if all women are financially independent, that would truly allow us to have a sustainable positive impact on our world as we know it, because we women invest more alongside our values than men and what we believe will benefit our children, our communities, and our planet as a whole. But we're still far from where we need to be. There's still so many discouraging news making headlines, such as working moms getting only 58 cents for every dollar working dads earn, and how the pandemic has made the gap even worse. Or how less than 2% of startup funding is allocated to companies founded by women. Or how elite actresses are consistently being paid millions less than their male counterparts. These gaps are very real. The pay gap is real. Women overall are paid about 82 cents for every dollar paid to men. Black women earn only 62 cents. Native American women earn only 54 cents. And Latinx women earn only 54 cents on the dollar of a white man. The wealth gap is real. A woman owns 34 cents to an average man's dollar. Black and Latinx women own only a penny in comparison. The VC funding gap is real. I just talked about it. In 2022, less than 2% of VC funding went to all female-founded businesses. Black women founders received only 0.2% of all venture capital dollars. The GDP gap is real. The United States is missing out on $4.4 trillion in annual GDP by not investing efficiently in women. Those numbers are outrageous and things need to change. 
And to be honest, we can't wait for men to wake up one day and realize that they need to take action. We need to create change for ourselves. Because let's be real, systemic sexism is not going away anytime soon, unfortunately. But as I always like to say, a wealthy woman can walk out of almost every room she feels uncomfortable in and create opportunities for other women along the way. So here are a couple of things you can do to be part of this women-driven change. Number one, talk about money. The patriarchy has told us women that it is impolite to talk about money, all while men make deals behind closed doors and on the golf course. This nonsense taboo is only benefiting men and corporations right now. So start talking about money. Share your salary with your coworkers and your friends. Talk about investing. A few years ago, a study by Merrill Lynch revealed that 61% of women would rather discuss details about their own death than talk about their money. That's freaking bananas. Next, negotiate your salary and ask for a raise frequently, even though it's still uncomfortable. Even though it's still uncomfortable, every single time I've pushed myself to ask for a raise during each performance review cycle over the past year and a half. 60% of women say they've never negotiated their salary and that many quit their job instead. That's crazy. There are statistics out there that say that women lose up to a million dollars in salary over the course of their lifetime by not negotiating their salaries enough. And as women who on average live longer than men, we need more money in retirement. Next, think about how you can create additional income streams for yourself. Very few people become wealthy from a corporate salary alone. Did you know that billionaires have an average of seven income streams? This can, for example, come from real estate property, stock dividends, side hustles, coaching, board seat membership, brand partnerships, digital products, you name it. I would also encourage you to ask yourself if you current your current investment strategy aligns with your values, especially as it pertains to things like gender equality. How many companies you currently invest in have a female founder or CEO? How many companies you currently invest in have at least 50% of women in their C-suite or on their board? Look, I'm by no means perfect. In fact, about half my current portfolio is invested in one company, the company I worked for due to the employee stock purchase program I participate in and the vested equity I receive. But I've slowly but surely been reallocating my investments, for example, by investing in gender equality-themed ETFs through my Roth IRA. I actually recently created an Instagram post about this in case you're interested to learn more. So those are a couple of examples of what you can do for yourself. Now, let's talk about what you can do for other women. Number one, shop at women-owned businesses. There are a couple of websites that can help you identify those businesses, such as buyfromablackwomandirectory.org, foundedbyher.org, wearewomenowned.com, or you can even apply a women-owned filter on Yelp. Next, help crowdfund women-owned businesses. I Fund Women is an incredible organization that does exactly that, but you can also look on mainstream platforms such as Kickstarter or Indiegogo. Next, if 
the jurisdiction of the country you currently live in allows you to do this, consider becoming an angel investor and or a limited partner in a venture capital fund that is focused on investing in female and minority founders. Now, we will have future podcast episodes that will cover this topic in more depth. But in the US, for example, you need to be a so-called accredited investor in order to have access to all startup investing opportunities. There are different ways to qualify as an accredited investor, but the most common criteria is income and net worth related. You need to have an annual income of at least $200,000 over the past two years as an individual or $300,000 as a married couple, or have a net worth of $1 million and above, excluding the house or apartment you currently live in. Again, I'll cover this in more detail in the future, but I invite you to do your own research ahead of time. If you're currently not an accredited investor in the United States, consider leveraging an alternative investment platform such as Republic or Seed Invest to invest in startups. That's a great way to start out. The next point may be a bit far-fetched, but you could also consider pivoting your career to work in venture capital. We always need more women in the ecosystem, especially in decision-making roles. And in the meantime, work on increasing your income so you can qualify for accredited investor status as soon as possible. Now, you might wonder why I want you to invest in startups so badly. The answer is simple. As startup investors, we get to decide which companies will shape our society's future. And the more diverse founders we support, the more inclusive the products and services that enter our worlds will be. Oftentimes, products and services that solve serious pain points for people that have historically been ignored. I'm sick of people thinking about the likes of Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk when they think about successful entrepreneurs. Instead, I want to think of Sarah Blakely, Shonda Rhimes, and Melanie Perkins. What's more, female investors are twice as likely to invest in a company with at least one woman founder. And companies with at least one woman founder typically hire 2.5x as many women. Companies with both a female founder and a female executive hire 6x more women. It is all interconnected. Women's financial success sets a direct path toward gender equity and inclusive economic growth. Putting just one woman in a better financial position will benefit her entire family and community. Can you now imagine the magnitude of this ripple effect on a global scale? And each and every one of us has a role to play. Hey there, not so fast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you've listened in from today. Reviews are a podcaster's most important currency. It helps me create visibility for the incredible women who join me on the show. And if you've made it this far, I'd like to believe that supporting women is one of your favorite pastimes. If you already left a review, first of all, thank you. But why not share this episode with a friend or post it to your Instagram story? Thank you for helping me on my mission to make women rich by making women rich.